Welcome to another Aflame teaching session. We hope you enjoy this special message by Hank Kleinschmidt. Wow. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for having me and um, thank you for taking a big risk, Brother Dave and Cheryl, I know you've never heard me speak and we don't know each other. We literally just met yesterday. That was it, right? So this is pretty fresh, and, um, but it's been awesome. I, f- I feel so blessed to be with you guys and I feel honored to be here and um, just amazing to see what God is doing in Yuba City, which I didn't know existed as well until about two weeks ago. So, so all of this is quite new and exciting, right? But the Lord is so awesome. He really is. Um, English is my second language, so if things come out a bit twisted, I'm trying my best, right? Uh, I'm going to do my best, and if you laugh at me, I'm going to start speaking Afrikaans to you, and then you're not going to have a clue about what's going to happen, right? So, so I'm, I'm watching, right? Um, but anyway, it's been absolutely awesome to be in your nation. It's been a privilege to visit and to travel. We've been here uh, since November. Um, was supposed to be a two-month trip, and then, and then God gave my wife a dream. And now I'm not home. I'm still here, and I'm living in an RV in Florida. Yeah, living the American dream, right? So, um, <laughs> and a two-month trip is becoming an eight-month trip, and I actually do have a home in South Africa. I know people think, I, it's not a hut. I have a house, and it's awesome. It's got hot water and all of that stuff, you know? So, uh, but the Lord is awesome, isn't he? And um, I don't know about you, but my life has become more and more. I wake up in places and I think, how on earth did I end up here? Yeah. Isn't that awesome, though? It's amazing, right? And um, so often I'm in a place and I'm, I honestly go, how did this happen? Like, for real, how am I here with you people? You know, how did that happen? Isn't God awesome the way He can connect us? And especially if we just learn to yield and to be faithful in the little that He gives us to do and to do it well, right? Even if it feels small and insignificant and it feels like you're on the little corner of the world where nobody sees, He does. It's amazing, right? So um, I'm married. I have one wife. Yeah. <laughs> I, married a, I married a pastor's daughter and the worship leader. So I am such a winner. I'm such a winner, you know. And <laughs> she's awesome. We have three children, Emma, Ben, and Adam. They were born in 2012, 2013, and 2014. Yeah. Uh, we have a thing in South Africa called load shedding. That means there's rolling blackouts. You don't have electricity. It started around about, around about there, you know, so. <laughs> anyway, so, all right, that's South African humor, sorry about that. <laughs> but anyway, so we have three kids, um, uh, is it okay if I give you a bit of a background, because you don't know who I am, and just kind of try and paint a picture. So, um, I got born again in 2006, uh, I grew up in a very very traditional church background uh, where babies got sprinkled and um, 
the fear of the Lord, not, not the good fear of the Lord, just the fear of the Lord got preached into us. And, um, but it was the longest hour of your life, like Brother Keith, Paul Keith said this morning. And um, I, lo- I had zeal for God, but um, I just, even at a young age, I read my Bible. You know, so I would read my Bible and I see people are getting healed and people are walking on water and food's being multiplied and people hear God's voice and there's angels and there's all this stuff. And I just never saw anybody do it, right? Never saw anybody do it. And as a young child, I would get these demonic visitations. Uh, So demons would come and sit kind of on my bed and they would talk to me. And try and make deals with me. Like, if you come over to our side, then, man, you're going to get a lot of power. And I would just be so afraid because I had no grit for anything, you know. And I would just start singing my Sunday school songs, you know, just sing that until I fall asleep, not really knowing what's going on, you know. And um, a little bit later in life, uh, we would have in in our schools, when you're grade seven, you would have these uh, field trips or camps, whatever you you call it. And um, so I'm on one of these camps with my whole grade is there. And it's like 12 o'clock at night, midnight, and these two guys come running to my, um, to my room where I'm sleeping with, with a bunch of other guys. And they're going, they say, you, you've got to pray for me. I'm like, what in the world? We don't pray for people. That's not what we do. <laughs> we're Christian. You know, I'm just kidding. So I'm just like, <laughs> so that's kind of what I grew up in, right? So I don't know what to do with this. And, um, and he goes, and he starts telling me his story. There's like satanic stuff going on. And, and, and he's like, he's, he's levitating in his bed and he wants to kill his mom. He had a knife standing over her a while back. They're telling me all these stories and I'm going, I don't know why you came to me. But anyway, um, I'm going to pray a little prayer. I didn't know about deliverance. I didn't know you can cast things. I didn't know anything. So I was just kind of trying my best on this journey. But there wasn't really any help. And I'm not angry at the church or anything like that. Like I always tell people, we believe what we were taught. You know, that, but also, you need to read your own Bible, which would be helpful. But, but a lot of us, that's just what we grew up in. So it's not evil intentions or anything like that. It's just kind of the way life happened for some people. They're not evil necessarily. You know? And um, so I, I, got, I, I just said at one point, well, if this is Christianity, if this is serving Jesus, then, then I'm out. This is not fun. You know, I'm, um, then like Paul said, let's drink and be merry. <laughs> and so I did. Um, so I, I took a terrible turn into the world, got caught up in all the wrong things and um, just angry at God, angry at church. Uh, I would just stand and shout at him, just curse at him, just say, I, I don't want anything to do with you. I was just an angry person. Um, just frustrated, just you know, there's got to be more, right? It's got to be real. And it just wasn't. And um, I was about 26. I'm going to keep it short. About 26 years old, and I I went on business training. My oldest brother, he invited me. We wanted to start a business. Um, Obviously, we weren't prophetic because that was in 2007, and we wanted to do a property business, 2006. So that's, you know, so obviously we weren't prophetic. But Um, but the Lord had different plans, right? So I'm, I'm with him in this training, and he's, he's born again. He's spirit-filled, and my family didn't know what's going on in my life. And he lived in Cape Town, so I was about 12 hours driving away from uh, more, 15 hours from where I stayed. And um, 
I, I hear him and his wife talk and I keep hearing things like, you know, the Lord said this or I'm in, they're in business, but they felt God leading them in a certain direction, you know? So you hear all of this stuff and I'm going, wow, that's, that's pretty cool. Like Jesus is um, speaking to you guys. And I looked at it and I thought, wow, this is, I think I can do that. I think so. But I'm a mess. I'm a, you know, I'm on drugs. My life is an absolute disaster, right? Suicidal, the whole thing. And um, at the end of the week, we're, we're sitting down and, and uh, he's kind of trying to, to wrap up, you know, the week's training. So he's not thinking I'm in trouble with my life, although they probably knew something is not perfect. And he's sitting and it was kind of an interesting moment because the sun was coming from behind him. So he was glowing, you know, <laughs> and he lifts his finger and he quotes um, Proverbs 17, verse 16, right? And it, the scripture says, why is there in the hand of the fool the purchase price of wisdom, yet he has no heart for it, right? And as he says it, I hear God speak to me audible, audibly inside. I'm the only one who heard it, but it was loud as uh, you're hearing me now. That's what it felt like. And I heard the Lord speak and he said to me, Hank, if you want what I have for you, this is your last chance. And I'm just sitting there, he's talking and I'm freaking out in the best possible way, but, but inside. You've got to understand, this is me excited, this is me sad, this is, this, I'm sorry, this is, this, <laughs> this is how dramatic it's going to get. I'm, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm freaking out on the inside and I'm just like, oh my gosh, I cursed him, I'm so angry at him. But Jesus just became reality, right? He just became real. All of this stuff changes in a moment because the voice of God came into our lives, right? Isn't that profound? What Brother Dave said now, the prophetic teaching, the Word of God. There's people that lives without it, and we're so blessed with so much of it. Let us not grow callous to it, right? It's so precious. Changes lives in a moment. It was, that was all I needed, right? And I went from, I, I flew home that night. I had a, um, a, a roommate, uh, more like a drinking and drug buddy. And uh, so I got home and, and I walk into the house and he, the beer's already, the cigarettes already, all the stuff. And I'm like, nope, we're not doing this tonight. We're going to church tomorrow. He's going, uh, what? It's like, yeah, we're going to church tomorrow. Which church? I don't know. He's like, well, I'm not going. I'm like, well, I am. You know, and that's kind of how it started. And I, I started on this journey and just so hungry for God, right? I was clueless. I, like Brother Paul Keith Davis said this morning, I didn't know about revival. I didn't, everything I'm doing now, I was against. You need to understand that, right? Like I was, I, like people started praying in tongues. So I went to this church for praying in tongues and I'm going, surely, surely this is not God. This cannot be. It doesn't even make any sense. And then about a week later, I'll start praying in tongues, right? <laughs> then, then people are getting slain in the spirit. I'm like, it doesn't make sense. Why would, why would God do that? Seriously, you know? So I'm still struggling. I'm literally thinking about how I'm against this. And I'm a nobody. I'm not preaching. I'm, I'm just, and then for some reason, there would be, you know what it's like when the preacher is talking to people, but they want him to pray, and you're waiting, and you're waiting, and you're waiting. But then you're the guy that kind of stands around there, and somebody thinks, okay, well, you know, I'm not waiting anymore. I'm just going to use this guy. 
Could you pray for me? So that was me, that chance. And I'm thinking about how I think this is stupid that people are falling over. So I go and I, I lift, I just lift my hand. I even touched this guy. I lift my hand and I walk to him and he flies three rows back through the chairs. And I'm going and I feel the Holy Spirit go, so what do you say about that? I'm like, well, <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't think I have a demon. He might have one, but I'm sure you're, I'm like, well, okay, Lord. People laughing, didn't get it at all. I'm like, I don't know why we would do it. Because it's, it's the worst when you're watching a sermon online where people laugh and you're not part of it. That's even worse, right? Because she's like, I'm not in it. This is boring. You know, like they're having a great time. I don't understand why they're having a great time. So I'm against it. I'm in, again, I'm in the Ukraine. I'm preaching in the Ukraine. And um, again, I'm, I'm just sharing. I'm not, <laughs> I always joke, my wife tells me regularly I'm not funny. So I know I'm not funny, right? <laughs> And um, so, so I'm preaching, and the next minute, the whole room just bursts out laughing. So I'm going, is there something like, what is up, you know? And after a while, I just hear the Lord say, yeah, it's me. I'm going to do it again. I know you have an issue with it, so I'm just going to do it through you. Right? Yeah. Isn't the Lord awesome? And that's His, that's his grace. That's the grace of God, right? And it's, it's his invitation into this awesome world called the kingdom and the realm of the spirit and the supernatural. And, and he's so merciful that he draws us into that stuff, you know. Um, one night I was, uh, a couple of years later, I'm, I'm sitting and uh, I'm, you know, it's like midnight and I feel the Lord just tugging on my heart to go and pray. So I go to the front room, I'm gonna share this and then I'll share a bit about what I wanna share which I don't actually know what that is, but we'll get there anyway. So, 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 we, so I feel this tug, so I go to the front room and I start praying. And the next minute, um, the next minute I see this man in a vision. He's coming to me and I'm looking at him and I'm so excited because I'm thinking it's Jesus. I want to see Jesus. That was, my, that was my desire. I want to see him, right? And this guy comes up and I'm looking at him and I'm going, I don't think this is Jesus. He looks awesome. I don't think this is Jesus. And, um, and he starts talking to me. And after a while, I'm like, Holy Spirit, who is this? You know? And he goes, I'm Enoch. I, I know. And I, my first reaction is, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I should do better. But my first reaction is, why? Because <laughs> I, I, I know. Because <laughs> in my heart, I'm going, I want to see Jesus. I didn't sign up for him. I don't think, I think he's awesome. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I think he's awesome, but I want to see Jesus, right? And I'll never forget the Lord speak to me and the Lord, in that moment, he spoke to me. He said, Inc, I can send whoever I want to send to you. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you're king. It was awesome. I learned a lot, by the way. Yeah. My point is that God is amazing in the way he can bring things about right season, right time, and he shakes our little religious box or our thinking of our understanding of God, and he's changing that up to take us into his world to teach us things about who he is. Enoch is one of my favorite persons in the Bible now, of course. And, and that's just the way God works. If, we just, if we're just hungry enough and open enough to say, Lord, would you come and meet me and be gracious to me in my limited understanding and just allow God to 
to lift us and to do stuff and to show us things and to be humble enough to be okay with the fact that you might have been wrong about stuff, right? I've been wrong about so many things. <laughs> I never thought I would be ministering in America. Never thought that would happen because I just thought you guys are okay. You're fine. <laughs> and you're awesome. Yeah. But here we are. God is, is gracious and he does things. And, and every now and again, we want to be boxed in and we think this is who we are or that's who you are. Or, but he's always moving and he's always changing stuff inside of us. And he's exposing us to situations where you are out of your depth, right? But that thrusts you into a place of faith where you need to rely on him because if he doesn't come through, then we're done in any way, right? Um, so we, we lived in Pretoria, which is a pretty big city just outside of Johannesburg, South Africa, um, and uh, served in my father-in-law's church, but I, I traveled a lot, uh, you know, especially the Southeast Asia nations, uh, Vietnam, Pakistan, India, all of those places. Loved that, did lots of work on the streets in Thailand, ministered in, in Bangkok and the red light district and loved those things. It was exciting. It was awesome. And then at some point, the Lord said, well, um, you're going to go. And, and we started a missions work, pioneered a missions work in 2016 in, in a very rural part of South Africa, very rural. Uh, it's the area where Nelson Mandela, you're familiar with him, I'm sure. Uh, it's the area where Nelson Mandela grew up. It's called the Trans Sky, and it's the Kosa-speaking people that have a click in their language. So now I don't speak it, I try, but it's tough. <laughs> and um, anyway, we started a missions work there. And uh, for the last eight years, we've been living in villages with no running water, with outhouses. Uh, we call them long drops in South Africa. That's a much more descriptive, <laughs> much, yeah? Surely you see the picture, right? It, it's just much more descriptive. <laughs> and... Um, we have electricity sometimes, we have network sometimes. Um, we are the only white people in forever. And um, uh, yeah, and um, there is no police that's gonna come if you phone. There is no Walmart, there is no Walmart in South Africa. That's the saddest thing, honestly. No, there's no Costco either, no Bucky's. I mean, oh my gosh, how do we live? How do we even live down there, right? <laughs> no Chick-fil-A, I don't know. what. Anyway, so that's where, we, <laughs> that's where we, we've been working. And um, uh, we felt the call. We went there. It didn't want to open up. So one day we got in the car and we just drove in there. And we picked a house, started preaching, and now we have a base. <laughs> and um, ministered in about 50 different villages in the area. And um, it's full of witchcraft, uh, full of ancestral worship. My neighbors get shot. Women get raped and children, and um, that's my world. That was my world with my wife and my young kids, and that's where we lived. And it's important that you know because, again, I'm not the right guy, you know. I don't have big enough guns. I don't have big enough knives, and I don't have big enough muscles. I'm not the right guy. I'm not. I don't know how to fix cars. I don't. I'm sorry about that, right? I, I, I'm, everything about me is probably wrong, yet that's what God told us to do. 
because it's not about natural ability. It's not about any of those things. It's about the voice of God in our lives and obedience to the call and enduring when it's hard and, and facing the reality, knowing that he's placed me there for a reason, for a purpose, and therefore I am the right guy because yeah. I said yes, yeah. right? And, and I mean, we've seen the Lord do incredible things in those places, and I'll, I'll maybe make that part of the message. Um, but also, at the moment, I can't go there. Our life has been threatened for, we're threats against our lives, and a whole bunch of things. So the last year, we haven't been able to be there a lot, but that's why I can be with you. So yay. <laughs> it's worked out great for everybody, right? <laughs> but that's kind of what we've been doing. And um, our heart is just to encourage people into Christ, right? That's it. Just get people to love Jesus. I work with um, very conservative church groups. It's bizarre, some of it. A Dutch Reformed church in South Africa phoned me and said, would you come and do a healing service in our church? I'm like, what? Are you, well, are we? And they're like, yep. And then the evening they said, could you do a prophetic service? I'm like, yeah. And people got healed, even the Dutch Reformed church. It's possible. It seems like God is not intimidated. <laughs> they're not, right? And then we work with you guys as well. Like, so we're all over the place and it's fun. I love every bit of it. I love the body of Christ. I love the different expressions of the body of Christ. And what's the point? Let's get people united around the person of Jesus Christ. And let's see what he can do to a company of people that just surrender. Right? Even if they don't have understanding. Just like me, I didn't have understanding. But what if he can just prove them wrong over and over and over again? Because we don't judge them, but we just bring them into the person of Christ and say, this is the reality of Jesus. Let him flow and let's see what happens. Right? That's the purpose of who we are in any way. We're ambassadors of Christ, right? It's a ministry of reconciliation to Christ, right? It's the person of Jesus that needs to be glorified. I had a, a friend of mine, some of you might know him, but I'm sitting around his dinner table, early days of our ministry, and man, we had the gold dust manifesting and the feathers and the diamonds and gold teeth, and you know, wow, it's exciting sitting on the airplane and it's just gold everywhere. Like, yeah, it's awesome. You know, me and my Ukrainian friend, were just freaking out on the airplane. We're like, this is awesome. You know, and anyway, we're sitting with this friend and he goes and he says to me, Henky, uh, he always calls me Henky, Henky. And he's the happiest person in life. He goes, Henky, <laughs> and he just laughs, you know, just laughing all the time. And he's laughing, laughing, laughing. And he looks at me and he, we're having dinner with him and his wife and he he takes a, a, salt, a salt pot on the table and he puts it down. He says, Henke, <laughs> he says, today the diamonds fall. And then we start the diamond church. And he takes something else and he puts it on the table. He says, and tomorrow prophecy is flowing, Henke. And then we start the prophetic church. He says, and then healing comes. And we start the healing church. And he goes, but Henke, <laughs> what if it stops? He says, but Enki, if we have a Jesus church, we're always going to be satisfied. Right? And that's kind of who we need to be as a people, as a company, right? It's so important that we remember that. Uh, in worship, I don't want to share it. In worship this morning, I was just standing and, and I see sometimes and sometimes I don't. So when I see, I'm very excited. This morning I did. 
And um, I was standing, and I just want to share it with you. I've never seen that before. Um, but I saw this fountain right here, but it was blood flowing out of it. And it started making this river out of this place. And it, I've never, I haven't seen that before. Maybe, Robert Paul, you've seen that before, maybe. But I just saw it flowing, and I just felt like what God is just showing me. You guys probably know that already, but it's this, that you're this covenant, blood covenant church, right? It's Christ and him crucified. But because of that great exploits, things that is impossible to win, you guys are going to win the battle because of this, this blood covenant with the blood of Christ, which is the life, right? And, and I just felt there's something so profound about that in you guys. And to, because I've never seen that before. It's literally a, a river of blood that's just flowing through the place. And it's this centered on Jesus centered on the resurrected Christ. And I, I just believe that's what's going to carry you guys through, through the stuff that you're facing and through what's coming. So anyway, um, all right. I really want us to pray for people. Um, I, I mentioned earlier to, to Ms. Cheryl, if that's okay with you, Brother Dave, if we can do a, a fire tunnel or something like that, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. I think I have agreement, so that's good. I have one. So I think we're going to do it, right? But uh, can, I, can you open your Bibles in 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1? I just want to share this with you real quick. And then let's see where we go. Um, I got this about three or four weeks ago. Famous verse, we all know it. And I'm going to try and bring things into context um, a little bit um, as I share. And um, it's because we're... I, I felt so set up this morning by, by the preaching, so thank you so much for that, Brother Paul. And um, just the way he ended, when you spoke about intimacy, when you spoke about the transition and all of those things. And I think everybody can sense that there's shakings and there's transitions and there's stuff going on, right? And um, that we're stepping into something that's different. Everybody's talking about the open doors and all of that, so I don't need to repeat those things. But I think if you just look... That's definitely what's, what's happening everywhere in the body, South Africa, everywhere we go. You can see it. People, changes are coming. And, and it's, it's not small changes. It's pretty big ones, right? It's, it's major things that the Lord is doing with people, shifting them, moving them in new directions, just all of the stuff that he's doing. And it's, and it's so awesome. It's so exciting. But sometimes it's, it's hard, right? And um, I read this verse, it just jumped at me the other day, and I'm, I'll give a bit of context of the story as we go along, but it's, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you grieve for Saul when I have rejected him as king over Israel? And I think sometimes with, I want to pause there. So sometime in transition, and, and I want you to see yourself as Samuel in this story a little bit, right? Just for a moment, just play with me. So Samuel is obviously, he's mourning, he's, he's in pain, he's feeling disappointment, he's going through a bunch of things because just the previous chapter was the final nail in the coffin basically for Saul and, and his rule as, as king, right? And that's the minute where God said the kingdom is being removed from him permanently. It's done now, it's over, right? And a new king will be, will be raised up. And I kind of, I, when I read this story, uh, you know, Samuel is grieving and, and he's mourning and there's stuff going on in his heart. And I think there can be a lot of things going on there. It can be the fact 
the, the heart of the people. It can be, you know, Saul's decisions. It can be the fact that Israel even has a king because who knows that that was never God's first plan, right? That wasn't the idea. That wasn't the dream in the heart of God. Uh, it's, it's fascinating to me if you look at that story because there was a godly system in place ordained by the Lord in the shape of the judges, right? But corrupt people in a godly system can still mess up what God has placed in order. That doesn't mean what God put in position is wrong. Are, are you with me? So because people fall, and it's important because there's a lot of stuff going on in the body. So the fact that somebody fell doesn't discredit the structure or the system that God put in place. It doesn't. It just means it's fallen man. But what humanity, what we're really good at doing is the minute when something like that happens, we discredit the system and then we want to put in something new called I want a king now, which is actually against the heart of God. He never wanted that. But our response is wrong because we're discerning the situation wrong. We're going, well, this has happened. So therefore, baby with the bathwater, everything is bad. Let's throw it out. And then we bring a human earthly solution in its place and it's not the heart of God which was exactly what happened here, right? But, but Samuel is grieving the situation, and I feel when transition is there, sometimes that's what we feel, right? We kind of go, man, this was an awesome season, or the disappointment, or the fact that it worked or didn't work. I don't know which one it is. But you kind of go through emotions. It can even be that it was a great season, but now it's shifting and it's hard to, to transition over that thing. And we get stuck in a place of mourning, rejection, all of those kind of things, right? And I feel that, because here's the reality, what, what God ordained, what God anointed in a previous season doesn't mean it's his heart in this season. Yeah? And if you're invested, especially if you were the guy that poured your life into something, like Saul, it's a little bit tough to make the switch, right? And the thing with Saul is he had every opportunity to be great. He was God's choice, even though the system wasn't his choice, but he was God's choice. Remember, head and shoulders above the rest. He, I mean, he did defeat a thousand. I mean, David got 10,000, but a thousand's not bad, right? There were moments where it looked like this is going to be absolutely epic, right? And then it failed. Saul's moment where he got chosen and anointed as king was a supernatural moment. It was an encounter, 1 Samuel 9. It's a supernatural encounter with God and yet he still messes up, right? And God is, and Samuel is grieving maybe over what could have been, what should have been, and, but it's not. And I want to tell you something that many of us have poured our oil, have poured our lives into a certain place in a season, but God is lifting that thing and he's moving to something new, 
But we've got to break out of the morning to step into what's dawning on us in the future right now, right? We've got to be able to break out of that place and realize that God is lifted. Like the Lord literally goes, I have rejected that. I rejected that. I'm moving on, right? Because <laughs> who knows encounter... In, we need encounters. Encounters shaped my life 100%, right? But encounter without a deep turning to truth and being rooted and grounded in the Word doesn't guarantee a walk with Jesus. Are you with me? Listen, we, we've seen... <laughs> in our villages, there was this one lady. She was really sick. looked like she was dying horrible story. So they push us. They say, you need to come today. I'm going, we're not coming today. We'll come tomorrow, right? We're busy. We have a hundred services, picking people up, taking, you know, it's just wild. And um, this lady, so we, we don't go. We show up the next day. So the next day we go to this hut and we're, we're moving in there. We had a team with us and we kind of go in and it's, it, it, there is no bedroom. There's just a bed and, you know, tables and stuff. And I'm like, okay, where's the dying sick person? We're looking for that person. And we, we can't see her. We're, you know, we're like, what? And, and the lady is sitting up on the bed. She's serving us tea. She's making us, you know, uh, sandwiches and all of that. And she's sitting there and uh, uh, she's going, it was me. I'm like, what? You're, everybody said you're dying. Are, were they lying? What, what's going on here? She said, no, no, no. Let me tell you the story. I said, okay, I'm ready. She says, last night, a man walked into my room. I'm going, all right, who's the man? She says, it was Jesus. I'm going, okay. Walked into my room, touched me, and I am 100% healed. Isn't that awesome, right? I'm going, yay, Jesus, right? Now, this is the disturbing part, right? She, I never saw her in my life again. She never came to church again. She's not born again. She didn't give her life to Jesus. The point is, encounter doesn't guarantee a walk with Jesus. There's choices involved. Saul had a supernatural encounter. He had an opportunity, but the choice was still in his hand. How is he going to live life, right? Our job as sons and daughters of God is to create the atmosphere through prayer, fasting, loving people, pouring our lives out over them, so that Jesus walks into their room. That's our responsibility. The response to that, unfortunately, there's nothing I can do about that because there's still two trees in the garden. But it's easy for us to take that responsibility on ourselves and go, but I'm a failure. I'm not a failure. Your decision is your decision. Saul had to decide for himself how he's going to live life. It wasn't Samuel's fault, right? So the fact that God is moving our season, shifting into something new, doesn't mean the old was bad. It's just where we are in time now, right? And we've got to let go of stuff. Because I feel like, and, and it was so amazing what was said this morning about the shift over Easter. and That's amazing, right? But we cannot go into it with baggage from the past. I want to go into it clean, washed by the blood, washed by the word, 
I want my heart healthy, pure, in the right place so that my conduct toward whatever is waiting on the other side will be the heart of God. I want Jesus to flow out of me on the other side and not bitterness and anger and anxiety and all those kind of things, right? Pure hearts, pure hearts, right? Pure hearts. The other thing I want to throw in there is that soul to me represents the worship of the flesh, right? Saul had fear of man. That was his issue in life. And, and this is the beauty of the story because what is God about to do? He's about to anoint David. He's about to anoint true worship in spirit and truth, those who really seek God, those who are about the one thing. I believe that's what he's going to do now in this season as well. That's what he's looking for, right? But he's rejecting fleshly worship because fleshly worship, our fleshly actions, right? Our fleshly devotion, things we, even though it's great things sometimes, it's awesome things, but it's still birthed out of the flesh. And God is cutting, he's, he's pruning the, the vine, right? Because he's looking for new fruit. But the worship of the flesh because remember what Saul did. He was standing. He was about to face a battle with the Philistines. He was supposed to wait for Samuel. Samuel is late. Definitely an African prophet, right? He was late. <laughs> and, uh, and Saul decides, and, and this is what's happened. The army of Israel is starting to leave, right? They're starting to, to go away. And Saul is looking at the numbers and he's going, I'm in trouble. And there's a sacrifice to, his ma to be made, but he doesn't have the authority to do that. He's supposed to wait for Samuel. But Saul sees the people leaving and he goes, I'm just going to make the sacrifice myself. So the worship of the flesh is there to draw the things of the earth and keep them to me because I'm rooted in fear and not rooted out of heaven, right? I'm not building my faith out of the word of the Lord, but I'm looking at the natural realm around me. So everything I do is to draw to me to build my little empire and my kingdom so that it looks good in the eyes of man, right? That's fleshly worship. It's the kind of worship that God is absolutely not interested in. And a big part of the church is caught up in that, unfortunately. The level of distraction in the body of Christ is wild. It's wild. To be silent is a battle. Honestly, we're living in an RV because I knew it's the only place where we're going to get silence. Yeah. It's what we needed. Right? Flesh cannot produce life and flesh will not stand in the season that is to come. Won't. Right? We've got to be stripped of those things. By the way, that's what Enoch, my little encounter, that's what Enoch got right. He started looking so much like the father that the world had no grip on him, right? And he could just disappear into him. 
and we are in the greater covenant, so surely we can do better, right? I need to do better. But he got flesh out of him. He got the world out of him in this walk with God, daily walking with God in union, relationship. That's who we're supposed to be. And God says to Samuel, I'm done with that. I'm going to anoint myself a new king. Go to Jesse, right? So he goes to Jesse. But before that, he says to him, fill your horn with oil and go, right? Friends, in this transition, right, the waiting, the, the crossover, whatever you want to call it, it's about getting your horn, which is your strength, your power. It's, it's the whole, your being, right? It's to get that filled with the oil of intimacy and the oil of the Spirit, right? It's the anointing and intimacy that needs to fill us in this hour. It's about getting full right now. It's about sitting in the presence of Jesus, allowing His glory to fill us, the fresh oil of the Lord to touch us in a way, but it's intimacy with God. It's to be awake, what was shared this morning, and to not be falling asleep or running out of oil, being the five virgins without oil, when the hour is upon us, right? And we all feel the hour is upon us, whatever that means, but He's here. And even if it's not the second coming, I still want Him to come. I want Him to walk into the room. I want more of Jesus, and for that I need more oil, right? It's eyes set on the Lord. Because the issue is, maybe not you, maybe that's a South African problem, right? And the Samuel problem. Because you know who's the first guy Samuel wanted to anoint in that little lineup of Jesse's sons? The oldest, the tallest, the most handsome one. Does that sound familiar? So he would have anointed another soul. I don't want to anoint another soul in this season in my own life. Right? But unless I'm filled with the oil of His presence, the anointing of the Lord, I'm not going to have eyes to see the guy who's not even invited to the party. But he's the guy. Right? The business deal, the decisions we're about to make, the move, the whatever it is, the whatever it is that we're about to undertake, we cannot afford to do the same thing over again what we did in the past if we're all saying this is a new season. We've got to shift our focus, and for that we need oil. People of the presence, people that's seeking the Lord, people that's consumed with Jesus, people that looks into His eyes, people that are satisfied with Him. Did you hear me? Satisfied with Him. He will not share His glory. Not with ministry. Not with moves of the past, even though they're great and we learn from them. He's not going to share His glory. He wants 
all the worship, all the adoration, all of our hearts, that's what he wants. And he's stripping us for that very reason. I, I said to him yesterday, I, we, we did a fast about two weeks ago, and we, we're in a transition as well. So we're kind of going, Lord, what, where are we going? What's happening? Speak to me. I would have taken Enoch any day, but he didn't come, right? So I'm just like, <laughs> send anyone, Lord, just anything. I'll, I'll listen, you know. <laughs> I'm not being disrespectful. I'm just kidding, All right? <laughs> and um, so I'm just going, Lord, what do you want me to do? And the next minute I hear the Lord say, I want you to build me an ark. I'm going, whoa. Like, I don't think that makes theological sense. I'm like, like Noah? He's like, yeah, like Noah. Okay. You know it's not a boat we're talking about, right? And this is it. Like, build a place where you'll be sealed into the presence of God. Where unrighteous people walked in and they came out righteous on the other side. Yeah. Right? So something happened in that place. Where people that were under the influence of the power of sin walks out. And Genesis 9 verse 1 and 2 says, you will walk out of here and the fear and the dread of you will be upon all of creation. Right? Maybe that's the oil being filled in that place right now. Right? Because we will do great exploits for the Lord. But if he's calling us in, let's go in. Because he wants to cut us loose of old seasons and step us into the new. Because the new matters. David was the goal. David is the heart of worship. It's the one thing. It's the eyes on Jesus, but also the greatest warrior who ever lived. Right? Fleshly worship will produce fear of man. Right? And if I listen to Lee and a lot of what's going on here, you guys are facing a couple of battles. And it sounds like the fear of man might be a problem. <laughs> but true worship, when the awe and the wonder of God hits us again and we are overwhelmed with his presence, that produces warriors. Yeah? I had a thought the other day. Is that okay if I share my thoughts with you? I hope it's a good one. And I know it's hypothetical, so it's a bit hard. But you know who's the most frustrating person in the Bible probably at the moment for me? is Solomon. I don't know. I don't get him. Doesn't he frustrate you? I mean, come on. Yeah. What's up with that? He had an encounter, by the way. Right? It was an awesome encounter. But the encounter is supposed, by the way, encounters is supposed to turn us back to pure worship. Because his encounter was on the great high place. Isn't God merciful? He visited him there. And out of that, he goes, oh, I'm in the wrong place. Let's go to the ark of the presence. That's what encounter is supposed to do. It doesn't mean you're right when you have an encounter. <laughs> it's a sign pointing you back to the person of Christ. But anyway, don't want to get into that. But here's the thing. He, he gets wisdom, right? All of it. <laughs> you know, wisest man to ever walk the earth. And I'm going, 
wow, for a wise guy, really some bad decisions. I mean, seriously, right? I just had a thought. This is my ideas. I think of these things sometimes. So I th I'm thinking of Solomon, Proverbs 1, verse 7. We all know it. And the beginning of wisdom is what? The fear of the Lord. So it's like the, the keyhole or the entry, the gateway into wisdom is the fear of God. I, I just had this moment where I thought, what if he asked for the fear of the Lord? He would have gotten all of that. Isaiah 11, the sevenfold spirits of God that rested upon Jesus and it ends with, and he loved the spirit of the fear of the Lord above all other things. So the fear of the Lord governed Christ, right? The fear of the Lord needs to govern us in this season like never before. And out of that, we will have wisdom. We will have understanding. We will get all the benefits of wisdom, long life, all of those things. It's right there. But it begins with the fear of the Lord. And that must be birthed out of pure worship where we set our eyes on Him and we are overwhelmed by the greatness of Jesus and Him alone. Because He is the desire of the Father. He is the champion of heaven. He is glorious and He is the one in Revelation 1 and He is the Lion of the tribe of Judah, right? He is the one that matters. But we've got to come into that place where we're overwhelmed by Him so that we walk in the fear of the Lord. I want to wrap it up, try to. Are you guys okay? Are you still alive? Yeah. So, David, the big moment in David's life for me is 2 Kings chapter 6, is where the, the Ark of the, covenant, of the Covenant comes back in, right? And I love that story because, again, it shows the heart of worship, right? It shows the heart of worship where David is just dancing undignified before the Lord, the whole thing. And, and um, he, you know, I, we always joke about it because dancing in his underwear, but you know, that's not really the story, right? So he took, out, he took off his outer garment and he was dancing in his, in his robe. He's, he's, um, my English is dropping me now, so forgive me for that. But basically what he did, and I want you to hear this because this is worship in spirit and truth is personified in that moment, right? Because what he did is he removed his kingly robe and he entered as a priest. So priestly worship is what brought in the presence back into the city. Our achievements, even our achievements in God can withhold us from worshiping in spirit and truth if we don't watch out. Right? That's why I feel the season is about stripping off everything. Because the kingly robe was given by the Lord. But when the real king is in the room, he's the Lord of lords and the king of kings. So when the real king enters, be a priest. Right? And let's worship 
as priests before the Lord so that his presence can come down, right? And by the way, that's how you overcome the flesh. Because Michal, the daughter of Saul, she saw this, mocked him, and what happens? Her womb closes. And from what I understand, that was basically the end of Saul's lineage. So what brought that about? Extravagant priestly worship. Everything about him, everything focused on him, everything set on him. No agenda. That's what we've been doing for a year. Like things got rough in our area. We had to make certain decisions. So we started, we call it Selah. It's not a new word. That's what we're doing. We just said, we're going to do this. We're going to just sit and worship the Lord. We're not, if we intercede, it's awesome. If we don't, it's also awesome. We don't have an agenda right now. If he gives us one, awesome. If he tells us to pray this mystic prayer, whatever you want to call it, if he teaches us, say, pray this, then that's what we're going to pray. But I'm not going to be exhausting myself if this is not what he wants. If he just wants us to worship, then let's just worship. And that's basically what we did for a year. And then suddenly we end up in the weirdest places. Suddenly doors open, and I don't know how in the world did we get there. We didn't pray for it. We didn't ask for it. We decided one thing. We're going to seek the Lord. The shift is important that's taking place, right? And I want us to pray tonight. I want to pray for a couple of things, and that's why I thought a fire tunnel would be great because then you can just bring all your, all your stuff in there, all right, and hopefully leave without it. But we need, and some of you might be mourning stuff, and that's why you're coming, right? And that's great. Can I, can I give you an awesome verse real quick? This verse makes me happy. Okay, it's good news. So I'm sorry if that's going to be disappointing to you, but I'm, I'm just going to give it to you in any way. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 14. Have you heard this? It's so awesome. If you are insulted and reviled for bearing the name of Christ. Is there anybody like that in the room? Anybody that's been insulted because you're following Jesus? Anybody that's been through persecution? Everybody that, anybody that feels resistance because you're standing for Christ, right? Anyone? Okay. Well, so that's you. Say, that's me. Say that. That's me, right? You are blessed, okay? You might not feel that way, but I'm going to help you in a minute, right? You are blessed. It is a blessing to share and to be a partaker of the suffering of Christ, isn't it? It's a blessing because what's the reward? Resurrection, life. We are great at avoiding suffering at all costs. Yet it is the key into resurrection life. It says, you are blessed. I use the amplified, I like the extra words, right? Happy with life, joy, and comfort in God's salvation, regardless of your circumstances. Say thank you, Jesus. Because, this is an important one. Because the spirit of glory, another translation actually says the spirit of Shekinah, <laughs> and of God is resting on you and indwelling you. He, 
He whom they curse, you glorify, right? So there's something about this spirit of glory, the oil that needs to fill the horn, that I feel we need to do tonight. And as you come through this thing, say all the insult, all the persecution, all the reviling, all, the, all that stuff, we're leaving it, we're doing an exchange tonight, and we're saying, God, you take that, and I would gladly take the spirit of glory. And I would gladly have that rest upon me in a fresh way in this season so that we can walk out radiant into what God is doing on the other side of this shift. Is that okay? Yes, you can. Yeah, let's be happy. That's good. I think happy is good. Right? I want us to trust Him for that. God is so awesome. You know, He gave me that verse. I have it written down like I think it was 9, 10, 11 January. Two weeks later, because of absolute chaos, we had to shut our base in the villages. And it, oh, it is blood, sweat, and tears. And I had to shut that thing down. And I was thinking, Lord, what are we doing? And he kept telling me, this is the verse. I told you it's coming. But you see, something that should have crushed us, now there's excitement and expectation in my heart because I'm going, this David thing is waiting. And it's going to be absolutely glorious. Right? Right? There's hope in him on this side. But we've got to do this exchange. We've got to say, let the glory come right? And in it, I'm trusting even for healing, that we walk healthy into this new season, right? That we walk free into this thing. So even if you're struggling with physical issues, we're trusting that God's going to touch you, right? We're trusting for a fresh impartation tonight in that area. I want you to come. If you're trusting for greater breakthrough and miracle signs and wonders. Come with that expectation. Whatever it is, let's bring it before the Lord tonight and just say, Lord, would you come? And maybe you feel like the unlikely one, that's okay, join the club. I think there's a lot of us that feel we're probably not the right one, but I guess we are. (laughs) I guess we are. And I want us to say yes tonight. I want us to say yes. Thank you for listening to this session. We hope that you were blessed by it. For more information about the ministry, go to www.aflame.co.za or find us on Facebook and Instagram under Aflame Ministries. Until next time, be blessed in Jesus' name.